0: I'm Siri Lindley, two-time world champion, author, speaker, animal activist, survivor, and thriver. I have found a way to overcome every challenge and to take the impossible and make it possible. On my podcast, we're going to talk real life. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to go first. You're not alone in your fears, your doubts, or your worries. The most successful people in the world have them. Stick with me on this journey. I will help you harness your power, claim your magic, and create the life that you dream of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I have been looking forward to today's guest for a very long time. Erica Lippi is a life and wellness coach and also the host of the Passion Love Pursuit podcast, a podcast I was on maybe two or three years ago But when I met Erica, I just thought this woman is a beautiful soul with an incredible heart and a really powerful message. So Erica, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you with us.
1: Oh my goodness, Siri, I am beyond honored. You have no idea. This is a very precious moment that I've been looking forward to. And when I first connected with you, as you said, you were on my podcast, I was just, I wanted to just like cry happy tears because being in your presence was so uplifting and rewarding to me. And I, I've i shared to you, my boyfriend about you. I'm like, I love this woman so much. I can't wait to meet her in person because you're just incredible. And I know a lot of people that are listening to this relate. They, they listen to this because they connect with you and they see your heart and your message is so powerful. And um, I'm just honored. So thank you for welcoming me.
0: Thank you for your beautiful words. They mean the world to me. And that's how I felt. I felt like we connected so deeply, um, kindred spirits. And you, when I was a guest on your podcast, just made me feel so seen and understood and embraced. And so I want to thank you for that. And it's just been such a joy following you on your Instagram and following everything. I feel like we've just been hanging out this whole time. But finally, we are here together, not just having the opportunity to be together and talk, but to share the gift of you with all of my Mm -hmm. listeners. So, Erica, what I would love to know, because I don't know a ton about you and how you became you, but I know that a huge part of the work that you do is bringing people home to their authentic selves. So there must've been a time in your life where maybe you lost connection with who you are. Is there a time you can tell us about where this all began?
1: Absolutely. And that's such a powerful question. I think you you nailed it. I think a lot of the times we teach the thing that we needed to learn eventually at one point. And then when we learn it, we feel like we need to gift this to others because aha, we got to this place. We're like, oh my gosh, it's taken me so long. Let me share this with others. So that is that exactly my truth. And it took me some time to figure it out, but I did feel I, ha- I kind of had this breaking moment where I realized. I'm so disconnected from who I am and who am I really? And so I started to have to answer those questions and I had to reflect like, what brought me here? Uh, So bringing it back, like my story, if you wanna say, I actually, and I always go back to this when it comes to my authentic self and discovering that I wasn't really being her is my biggest struggle has always been in relationships. And I actually started uh, dating at age 11 but I actually, I know I, it's shocking to many people, but I actually got into a serious relationship when I was 13 and he was 16 at the time. So there's quite the age gap there and we were actually together 10 years. And so I know it's, it's <laughs> even when I say it out loud, it's shocking to me, but again, this is my reality. This is my truth. So from age 13 to 16, because there's such an age gap there, I very much started to form into his likes and his desires and like what, you know, what he enjoyed doing. And I really didn't develop my own individuality in that relationship. And so I think that's where a lot of it stemmed. And also he did emotionally abuse me. So I, uh, it kind of reinforced a belief that I was stupid, that I wasn't worthy and that, um, you know, I needed to gain love from another opposed to like really cultivating it within myself. And so since he emotionally abused me and made me feel less than him, that really started to trickle into a lot of different aspects of my life and needing to prove my worth to others. And so after that relationship ended, I I started to coming coming into my own and really discovering myself. But, um, you know, I think that, in our twenties, I think we're still very much evolving into who we are and discovering new things about ourselves. And so then I entered another relationship and that was about five years later. And it was about a six year relationship and it was a very healthy, loving relationship. But one thing that was really pivotal in that relationship that it taught me is that I loved him more than myself. And so I think, since I didn't heal after that relationship and I kind of started dating right away and just, you know, trying to seek love in other places. And uh, because of that, I kept on hitting the same wall and repeating the same mistake over and over. And really what it came down to, and this is where I had this really aha moment, is that I kept getting the same results. Like I, you know, I would fall you know, head over heels over this guy. And then it would end and I would be devastated, heartbroken. And I know that looking at it, when I finally hit that rock bottom point where I'm like, okay, if something doesn't change, nothing will change. I really had to look in the mirror and say to myself, like, okay, I am responsible for this like i am a part of this equation obviously the same thing keeps on happening and i'm the common denominator in this situation so what am i doing or what what's my fault what could i be responsible for and truthfully it came down to to stop seeking love outside of you instead cultivate the love within you and i think i for so long as i mentioned previously is that i kept on seeking that worthiness and love externally and all along i would say to myself oh i value myself i respect myself i love myself but, you know i'm confident and all these things and it it really just hit me like a ton of bricks that that is all a facade like that is not true why would you disrespect yourself why would you you know need to seek love outside of you why would you need to seek worth outside of you and all these things so really what started to happen is I started to just turn the mirror on myself and and ask those hard questions because they are hard questions because you have to reveal this radical honesty with yourself. Like, okay, I am at fault for this. Like I need to take a hundred percent responsibility and now change the trajectory of my life because I get to choose now because I'm taking responsibility for that. So that's kind of just in a nutshell of really... You know, when you talk about authenticity, I just feel, you know, I wasn't living my authentic truth and I wasn't really showing up as the woman I would say I would be like this confident woman and that, you know, I was living with uh, great integrity and respect and honoring that. Like all these qualities that I wanted in a man, it's like I had to ask myself, well, am I being the woman that could attract? Wow. The man that I desire desire, and really the honest truth at that time was I absolutely was not.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this is hitting me deeply because I can relate to so much of your process and finding myself in relationships where I'm being whatever I needed to be to get their love and loving more than I was, like loving the person more than I loved myself. And I think so many people listening will be, I mean, I feel like you're almost giving me a big hug through your words because I'm sitting here and I see myself in you and I realize that in those moments, I wasn't alone in making those mistakes that at a certain point you think, oh, I made the mistake of doing this and you kind of hold this this shame around that. Like I should have known better, why did I do that? But this is just kind of a human thing that happens to all of us. And I want everyone to know, like here's Erica and, and it's so true, we use our experiences and how we found our way through them to become who we are today all you want to do is just share that. And I thank you for sharing so openly and vulnerably, because like I said, you just gave me a big hug, letting me know that I'm not alone in those things happening. Now, what I'm so inspired by is that reflection, that self-reflection, like finding that, did you find that on your own where you thought like, I must be a part in this, so I need to look in the mirror and see how I'm showing up and the decisions I'm making, and this is why I'm creating these situations. Was there any kind of a a mentor or a person that said something? You know how there's one person that can say one thing to you and it changes everything.
1: One thousand percent. Yeah. So yeah.
0: know about that.
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I want I want to also. uh Say to you, I do think a lot of people could relate to this, and, and especially when we go through these trials and tribulations in our life, we 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 go into this negative self talk and these stories, and generally it comes from our past. And I didn't mention this, like that whole feeling stupid, not enough, and all these things that actually stemmed from a learning disability when I was ten that was discovered, and so that's what was really heightened and emphasized during that relationship, that first relationship. But yeah, I I very much think all of us could relate to this is feeling like we're not enough. And and we go into this spiral of self-hatred really. And so you asked me like, was there somebody to help me? Absolutely. So there was actually a life coach that I was working with through a couple of my relationships that I had that I was struggling with. And when I hit that brick in the wall, and this was probably like five years ago, I'm guessing. I finally got sick and tired of myself and like repeating the same result over and over. And so I said to that life coach, this was the third time I said, I want to work with you again. What, you know, what can you offer me? And and we worked out something and I decided at that moment, and you talk about this, and actually this is very much stuck with me, that power of making a decision like once you decide you cut all other options off and you're able to really like look down the tunnel and see it more clearly and be able to then create a path to get to your results so so I think about you when I when I say this out loud is that in that moment I'm like okay I need to commit and decide to work with my life coach again I didn't have the means at the time but I just said I will make that. I'll figure it out. I got resourceful, you know, and I, I just made it happen. And I knew that I was so committed to changing my current situation that I just had to do it. And so I started working with her again. And luckily through steps, she was the one that shared with me like this whole idea. And it seems so common because I talk about it all the time, taking radical responsibility. But at the time she said it to me, that's when it changed. Is like, you yeah. need to be responsible, like take radical responsibility for where you are today, because then it that empowers you. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you be the victim or anything. Actually, if anything, it empowers you because now you have the option to create a change in your life. And so she was the one that introduced me to that. And that's where it really hit that I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I'm like, I'm responsible for this because, you know, I played a part in in my, you know, chaos, if you want to say in these relationships. Yeah. Like the men have their parts in it, but you know, I'm still showing up in the relationship. I could walk away from it. If it's toxic or unhealthy, I still have the ability to say no and walk away. So I'm responsible. So that's when uh, it really just hit me, and I realized also, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. When, when it talk when I talk about self love, I reflect a lot on this self acceptance mm-hmm. because I think when you're able to accept the totality of you, meaning your mistakes, your failures, you know, your wins and, and everything, everything that is you, to accept all that. And then you have lifted yourself up and you're able to move yourself forward. So I kind of think that is the foundational step and awareness, of course, to then move your life in the direction you wish to head. So, yeah.
0: Wow. Radical responsibility. And how true is that? But also the making the decision. And I think whether you agree I guess I want to know, do you agree that when you make that decision, what then happens is every single thing, every action you take, every thought that you have, you think to yourself, is this going to help me get to where I want to go or is it going to take me further away? And you have your answer, you then kind of have a, a compass on, on what decisions you need to make. and what actions you need to take based on what is gonna take me to my ultimate outcome, the decision that I've made. And that's not easy, right? It's not like you make a decision. I'm gonna take radical responsibility and then you just do. So what habits did you have to incorporate into your life or rituals or what did you change so that you took radical responsibility every single day. Something had to change, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, and that's such a good question too, is I think number one is creating awareness. Like you need to know where you're at so you could then say, okay, I'm here. I wanna go here and you need to close the gap as Tony Robbins always talks about. And it's so true it, and it's it sounds so simplistic and it's not necessarily but creating that awareness of where you're at, then you could actually start to reverse engineer, okay, I want to get there. So now what is it going to take? What actions and habits and rituals do I need to build to kind of close that gap quicker? And so the step site, honestly, and this is what I talk about a lot, is bringing consciousness to how you show up you know, what you say yes, and what you say no to and conscious in your habits. And, you know, just bringing more awareness, like constantly connecting with yourself and, and, and closing that gap between like, I'm, I, I think I want to be this, but I'm going to become this, you know, and just instead of this wishing and wanting is becoming, you know, so I, I think that like some of the habits I would So as far as, sorry, let me bring that back. So working with the life coach, one thing I said, so first thing was deciding to work with her. Second was being intentional in the time to do the work, to journal, to, you know, one thing I did differently this third time working with her, which was huge for me. And I remember this specifically because the two previous times I was working with her, I would do our calls our hour life coaching calls while I was driving to a client. So I wasn't very intentional with my time. I was kind of, you know, multitasking and I realized that wasn't serving me. And so this time around, third time, third time's charm, I decided anytime I schedule a talk with her, it has to be at home sitting with my journal in front in front of me. Nice. So I had to be very intentional with my time. And I think that is one key to really closing the gap faster is being very intentional in your decisions, your you know, your habits, your rituals. So yeah, that was a huge one for me. And just really going within is uh the journaling piece and and creating a habit to uh, make the time to be with myself, to sit, ask myself questions, and kind of dissect my thoughts, if you want to say. So and you know, staying with, I've always had a healthy lifestyle. So just staying with those things that I know would bring me joy that would fill my cup, such as working out in the morning, eating healthy, you know, uh, doing, I think at this time, actually I started rock climbing before I started, uh, working with this life coach. So just continuing rock climbing and just doing things that filled my cup. And so just being very intentional and being mindful of my, uh, like being conscious with my yeses and my So. As we know, anything we say yes to, we're gonna say no to something else and vice versa. So just being very aware of asking yourself, is this gonna, you know, drive me closer to my goal or is it gonna pull me further away? I think is key.
0: See, all of that, it just it sounds that's self-love. Making the decision to work together with your life coach again, making the decision to be more intentional making the decision to do things that fill you up every day like this to me you're you're talking about what self love is and it makes such perfect sense but why do you think so often when people get in a tough spot they've had a bad relationship they're feeling down about themselves These types of actions they don't take, so they feel even worse. Why do we do that? Why do we in those moments kind of self-sabotage, slow our progress forward when we know that these things make me feel good, these things bring me confidence, these things are me taking care of me. Why do you think so often that's such a hard thing for us to do?
1: It's programming. I think it's because we've, we've done the same thing over and over in our life. And it becomes a habit and a ritual and a a programming that we really have to rewrite and, you know, uh, inform these new thoughts and, and build on them. So I think the whole thing with, um, motivations, like motivation isn't lasting, but, you could do things that create a momentum and then it like stacks and stacks and stacks. So these little things, these little habits, like for me, when I think about fitness, fitness has always been a part of my life. You know, it, it's not it's not a habit for me, it's a part of me. Yeah. And so that's what I think you need to get to is, is doing these little things every single day and just stacking and stacking and stacking because it's so, so easy to be thrown off course. And I, trust me, I have many times I am not immune to like, yeah, I mean, it's, we're all, you know, it's not like we've arrived at some place. Like, even if we feel like, oh, I really love myself. I really value myself. I really honor myself and respect myself. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, I will fall. Yes, I will hit the ground again. But at least if you have built, like, that's why I think it's good to journal. And I don't do this as often as I would like, but if you journal, you could return to these things, like, oh, I remember writing this. Like, I did this journal exercise personally recently, and this was when I lost my dog. I knew. God, I'm so sorry, God. I'm uh, so sorry. I know it's devastating. I mean, to I'm say so the least. So sorry. Sorry, but I know you've.
0: Interrupt, but I'm so so sorry. Uh,
1: thank you. yeah it's it's really it's one of the hardest things hands down I've ever dealt with. but when it happened, I knew like I felt literally as you could imagine, there's a cloud over me and I really felt this dimness and I kept on thinking to myself, oh my gosh, okay, I teach people how to reignite their light. I need to now put that into practice And so that's exactly my intention at the top of the year. I said, okay, my intention for the next three months is reigniting my light. Like, that's what I need to do. And so I started journaling these questions, like what brings, what brings you joy? What brings you, what, what fills your cup up? And so when I started writing this down, just the exercise of answering that filled me up because I'm like, I know what makes me feel joy. And so now that I'm conscious of that, now I got to make sure I schedule it in and make the time for this because when I'm feeling down, I got to remember, okay, I'm in this space. There's a cloud over me. What could I do to lift me up right now? For me, it's simple. Go out in nature, hands down. Every single time, go in sunshine. Instantly, I feel better. Go for a walk, go work out. You know, working out's a little tough when you're really feeling down because just that momentum to get started. But of course, when you do, then you feel great. But going for a walk or going outside in the sunlight, that's an easy task. And I think for anybody that could bring you more... You know, joy, fulfillment, and just that natural uplifting energy. So that's one thing I recommend anybody should do. But you know, it's our programming that really keeps us stuck. And so it's gonna happen. Your your uh limiting beliefs and those stories you've always told yourself they're gonna come up. But if you start putting in habits and rituals that you know is going to build you up, like build your confidence, celebrating your small wins and all these things, then you're Eventually, as much as you stack that, it will kind of like smash down those those limitations. And yes, again, they will rise again. but just when you're able to be more aware of yourself and what fills your cup, I think that you could override those ultimately.
0: Absolutely. and And that's such great advice. And it, it's we all need to remember that in those times when we are really, really low, we have to participate in our own rescue. You know, we can't wait for someone else to save us. And I know that's hard, like you're saying, it's hard working out, is gonna take a lot of energy, but you can open the door, walk outside, take in some deep breaths out in nature, and ask yourself, get curious like you were, which I think is just so beautiful saying, okay, you know, journaling about what what fills me up, what makes me happy. And when I know this, I'm going to go do these things because that's an act of self love. That's me taking my own hand and pulling myself out of this. So I love that so much. And and just on losing your dog, I, I just wanted to share this because I used to just, and I still do suffer so deeply when I lose an animal. They're like our children. And one day I was just sitting down, I might have been journaling, I might have just been thinking this, and I thought, you know, our dogs, all they want in their lifetime with us is to make us happy, to make us smile, to bring us joy, to bring us love. So when they pass, how must they feel to look down from heaven and witness us suffering? And to know that they caused us this pain and they, they just want us to be happy. They just want us to feel love. And, and I thought to myself on this day, I thought to best honor this beautiful soul that I've lost, my incentive to start finding joy again is so that they can smile up in heaven and not worry about me down here crying and sad and you know depressed, but they can see that they still bring me joy that they, that I still feel their love. I don't know why I shared that, but I think it's just something for anyone who's lost a pet to think of what would your dog want to witness you doing now that they're gone. They wouldn't want to see you suffer. That's the last thing they would want. And anyways, a little aside. Yeah, no,
1: it's beautiful. And, you know, I think animals teach us one thing that not many things in the world could teach us and that is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things I really there was a few lessons and blessings that I got from the loss of my dog. One of them was immediately an overwhelming sense of compassion and empathy for others. Yes. Because so many people really showed up and and sent their condolences for me and they 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 related to the loss, you know, they knew how special he was to me. And so they, they showed up and they showed their compassion and empathy and love. And so it just really opened this really expansive door for me to recognize that so much in other people. And so that was a really beautiful gift. And the other thing is just that unconditional love, you know, it, it is something to not take for granted. It's something I believe we should carry forward. I know that for my dog, it, it now, because he was a pit bull, I have, it birthed a new purpose in me to become a legitimate pit bull advocate. And it's a little lower on my totem pole of the things I'm trying to do, but I do know it is part of my purpose. And I do believe that, me showing my love to other pit bulls and other dogs, of course, is a way of my extension of love he gave me, and so that's kind of what's birthed in me. So I think it's beautiful in any type of loss. I think it's finding the gifts, like what lessons have I learned from this? What blessings have I learned from this? And and take that and move it into the next stage of your life. So
0: that is just so beautiful and so powerful. With that unconditional love, do you believe it's possible to love ourselves unconditionally?
1: No. <laughs> I answered that. I answered that so quickly. Let me let me actually think about that one.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I know I mean, it's, but, I feel like like is it maybe we're having a hard time doing it now? Yeah. But is it possible? And no,
1: I'm and- I. I I, I joke when I say that because I think about how, you know, we'll always go, we have, it, it, it's somewhat natural to have this like self-dialogue that is destructive to us. You know, it's like, has, as Tony Robbins always talks about, like our brain is wired to keep us safe. And so we think these self-hatred things, Thoughts to protect us. And so, and, and they're formed from such a young age when we're so impressionable and it seeps into our subconscious mind and then it becomes these beliefs. And so that, so that when I answered that, it was more like, I know we're going to always return to these negative thoughts. Um, but yes, I do believe, I do believe that we can cultivate, uh, unconditional love for ourselves, but I do think it, it takes a conscious effort. I do think it takes action. I think it it's it's living intentionally and, and really choosing our own reality, our own truth.
0: Yep, yeah, so true. It's, it's living intentionally. And in every moment, I think catching ourselves when we are saying something to ourselves that is not kind, that is not helping us, that is not serving us and catching ourselves in that thought or in that conversation and choosing to change it so that we treat ourselves with more love, with more kindness. And this, you know, we talked about story earlier, which is so powerful because some of us carry the story of I'm not enough all through our lives and never get that jolt to say, wait a second, you are, look at all the things, look at how deeply you have loved all the things that you have achieved, you know, how much you've cared. Like, so often we live these stories and these stories are not ours. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about your story of, of, you know, in the beginning and where they came from. You know, you, you had a learning disability and maybe there were kids in the class that said, oh, because you were slower than the other, children and they said something and that sticks with us. Like somebody could say something to us as a four-year-old and we're still living that story as a 50-year-old. And so what was the old story and what is the new story? And because I talk about this all the time, changing your story, and it doesn't just change because you make a decision. You become that person that believes that new story, but what is the, the new story that you tell? About yourself,
1: absolutely. So yes, that was the old story is I'm not smart enough. I'm, you know, I I don't know if I would say I'm stupid, but I would always say I'm not smart enough. Mm-hmm. and I can't do that. I'm, you know, I don't have you know, the knowledge to do this. But my new story is that I'm absolutely capable. I've proved myself many times of doing something that I didn't know, figuring it out and being able to do it. And so because I have that proof, I'm able to return to it and say like, okay, I might not know what I'm doing yet, but I have full capability to learn what I need to do and just, begin and say yes. And I do that very often. Now I realize, especially over the last couple of years is I say yes, before I really know what I'm doing. And then I just show up and I mean, I don't just show up. I do put in the work. I put in the intention and learn what I need to, to show up the best possible way I can, but I'll say yes, before I really know what I'm doing. And, uh, I like, yeah, I love to, I think that so very often, there there are many of us that get so held back from this um, perfection, like doing everything's perfect the first time around. And the truth is we're never gonna do it perfect the first time around. And very often we won't start something because we're striving to be perfect the first time around. And so I think it's very important to, of course, equip yourself with the best knowledge possible to show up the best way we can, But sometimes we should just jump in the deep end and learn along the way. I don't think that applies to everything. Obviously you being triathlon and everything, you need to prepare and prepare and prepare. And you do want to show up as great as you could possibly be before you begin a race. But I do believe in many circumstances, we hold ourselves back from doing the thing because we want to be perfect the first time around. And I think that so much is uh built in that in, in stepping in the space. And so I say that a lot more to myself now is just, you know, say yes and do the work to show up the best way you can and you're going to continue to learn along the way.
0: So powerful and actually that that was even true for me as an athlete because I was always thinking, oh, I won't race until I'm ready, but if I'm waiting till I'm ready, I'm never going to be ready and I'm never going to race. So there was a lot of just that saying, you know what, let's just get in the race, see what happens, learn from it, grow from it, move forward. So I think that that philosophy is so important and so powerful because a lot of people will wait for that perfect moment and the perfect moment never comes and you mm-hmm. miss out on discovering all the magic that's inside of you. So thank you, thank you for that. And I love the idea of you know, stacking your proof. So often when we are worried about being able to do something or whether we can overcome some kind of a challenge, in those moments, we stack all our doubts. We go back to maybe the one time where it didn't work out rather than mm-hmm. looking back at the 99 times where it did. And so that is such a powerful uh, thing as well to stack your proof and then just say yes and go. And um, that's just so incredibly powerful. What would you say motivates you on this journey now? Like what inspires you the most to not only do the work that you do, but continue to build upon it and expand your reach, your impact, why does this matter?
1: There's many reasons, but I would say the top three reasons would be number one, I absolutely find such fulfillment in inspiring others and seeing people overcome their struggles as I have. And I, I just, I love growing. Growing to me is one of my most favorite things. I love new experiences, I love seeing myself get somewhere where I always felt I struggled in. For example, one of my biggest struggles and even starting my podcast, it was over, it's been about three and a half years ago. I took about 50 episodes before I would do video because I was so still in the mindset that, oh, I need to look at the screen. I need to look at my questions and I need to see it if I see them, then I'll get distracted. I won't know what to ask them. And so I I get, I was getting into this cycle of not believing yet in myself. And so finally, when I started doing video again, I wasn't perfect the first time, but over time just got better and better. And so I just love to see, I'm one of those people that celebrate the small wins and the simplest thing I could be creating a graphic on Canva, let's say, and I think it's so cute. I'll celebrate that. I'll be like, I did that. That's awesome. So I think that I, I just love seeing growth and just seeing myself uh, overcome struggles myself and just keep on getting better and better and becoming the woman that I see for myself. So that's what keeps me moving forward. I feel like we're all in the classroom. We're all learning life. Together, And I feel that there's no nothing better than doing the journey with other people. And so that's why I personally love personal development so much. I love people that are in personal development because I see their humanness. I see them showing up for themselves. I see them showing up for other people. And I think that it's just being in this space that we could all be in the journey together and celebrate each other and also ourselves. It's such a beautiful thing. So that keeps me continuing forward. And, and, you know, I, I just want to live this life to my fullest. And I believe in growth, in personal development, in, you know, inspiring others, impacting others by our messages. Yeah. I, I just believe is really living a life of fulfillment is giving to ourselves, giving to others and filling ourselves Filling ourselves up and being able to overpour that to others, I just think is a blessing and a gift. So that continues me to drive forward.
0: You absolutely are such a gift. And in this world today, so, so many of us are doing and doing and doing. We talked about this a little bit earlier, doing and doing and doing. Yet this kind of work, coming home to your authentic self, living, you know, to the full from your, this authentic home that takes reflection that takes presence that takes being so can you give some advice on how to move away from the doing 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 to take the time to do this work because I'm sure a lot of people are afraid of that they're afraid of stopping the doing to do the being that needs to be done to truly do the things you dream of doing? Like, what's your advice for people?
1: Yeah, and as we were kind of touching on before we press record, so one of my things is, again, getting really, getting to know yourself, like what what drives you, what fills up your cup, and to be very aware of when you are getting burnt out or, you know, it. it anybody will get to the point of burnout when you're always doing, 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 doing. You have to just be at times and be able to be still and present and enjoy the moments and the gift of life. And so one of the things I'm in this doing stage because there's a lot coming up, which is phenomenal and great and I'm super excited about, but I know I have to do the work. I have to work hard to achieve these things. One of the things I'm doing, for example, this weekend, I know the environment that serves me to get me into a flow state and to fill up my cup all while I'm doing. So I'm actually this weekend, I'm driving up. I live in Los Angeles. I'm driving up to Big Bear, only two hours away. I'm getting a cabin. And in that space, I thrive in nature and I thrive in being in new environments So because I know that about myself, I'm putting myself in a situation, an environment that could help me thrive while I'm doing so but I'm going to make time for that bean aspect. So I do need to work all probably all day Saturday. That's my intention in this cabin in nature. (laughs) But I know that in the morning, since I wake up early, I could still go hiking and then I could get that done in the morning. So I filled up my cup, I could come back and go back to doing. So I think it's very much creating the environment that serves you knowing again, what fills your cup so that, you know, if, if I know that being in nature or being in sunlight serves me, I could go for a walk in the morning, fill my cup up, come to my office and start working. So I think it's kind of being able to nurture, nurture both and balance those in the best way you can. I know that sometimes you know it's hard when you have deadlines and everything but again i'm doing the simplest things i'm changing my environment to help support me in the doing and so i realized that's just something that works for myself and you know i when i when i think about people that are on this path to just staying connected to their authentic self and being the best version that they could possibly be i always want to start with like that awareness, like you need to know where you're at and then be able to reflect on that. Choose, you know, choose your environment, choose your thoughts, choose your actions to serve you. And then you have to be, and you have to allow, you have to allow things into your life that are going to serve you and be able to receive from others if you need help. So I think those steps are really important to just continue to bring us back home.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And I know you're writing a book, right? Can we talk about that? Are we allowed to talk? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Tell us
0: a little bit about uh, your book and everything. What what inspired you to write it and what it's all about? Because I can't wait to read it personally.
1: So I have a couple books in me, but the one I'm in particular starting with is something I feel that could serve many people and I feel it's the timings great so this book is called The Wisdom I've Learned and it's a compilation of actually everybody that's been on my podcast in the last three and a half years uh, not everybody because that would be a lot but let's say I'm hoping 75 to 100 people that have been on my podcast that have answered one question that I always ask my guests, which is, if you were to leave a piece of wisdom, a life lesson that you've learned in your life, what would that be? And so I've had all these brilliant answers from the incredible guests as yourself and their life lessons. And I believe that we all learn lessons through life, but all of us are on a different path. And different lessons have served us. And it's really profound when you hear what somebody has learned and them serving that now to us so that we could take that piece of wisdom and implement it in our life. So it's basically, you know, the answer to that question and it's compilation in this book. And with that, I'll also be writing um, the lesson I've learned that's been so pivotal in my life. And so That I'm looking forward to, that I'm planning on releasing in 2023. Uh, That will be the first book I'm releasing. And I'm super excited about it because I think it, like I said, I I think anybody needs to read it and I think it will serve everybody for where they're at in their life. Like, I think that when you're reading somebody, when you're reading something, it's going to hit you in a different way than it might hit somebody else. So that's what I'm really looking forward to.
0: How would you answer that question? So first, if you if you wouldn't mind saying the question exactly as you asked it, but I would love to hear how you answer it.
1: A hundred percent. So, so the question is, if you were to leave a piece of wisdom and that be a life lesson that you've learned along in your journey, what would that be? And my answer has always been that it's changed the, changed the trajectory of my life is all you need is within you to stop seeking outside for validation, for worth, for love, and all that you need is within you. You just need to cultivate it within you. And I'm a Christian. God is within me. I feel God is a part of me. And so, you know, I feel when I connect with myself, I'm also connecting with my higher power. And I just feel like in those moments that you are in despair, sadness, or whatever low, angry feeling, anything you're feeling, anything that is weighing you down, if you're able to create that stillness and bring more awareness to your heart, what you're feeling, and be able to accept that, like, you know, I I know that I'm feeling this way right now, and it's okay. Like, it's okay. Okay. And, and as you mentioned, like you relate to me when I share something that I've gone through. And I think a lot of people could relate to feeling just not enough at one point. And so just knowing that you're, you're human, you know, you did the best you could at the time that you could. And now I get to make a better choice and, and you could cultivate that love, understanding, the trust, the respect and everything within you. And then you could carry that out into the world. So that would be one of my big lessons. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, so. That is
0: so beautiful. And it's so true. Everything that we often search for outside of ourselves is already within us. And I think that a huge thing that I learned in my life is I was always searching for love outside of myself. And then one day I just woke up and realized that the love that I've been searching for, the love that I've been craving for a lifetime was my own. Yes. And what needed to happen was for me to finally look within and celebrate who I had become as a human being, all the things that were already inside of me, my love, my strength, my courage, and appreciate that as I would appreciate that in another. So that is just such beautiful wisdom Erica. Thank you for sharing that. And what what is next? Like what it Well, first of all, let me ask you this question cuz we all, no matter where we are in our lives, we all have something that's still kind of we, we need to work on. You know, and and every single person on this planet, if they said no, I have nothing I have to work on, that's just not true. We all have something, but what would you say is something that you have your sights set on that you want to become better at, or you want to you want to overcome, even if there is something right now?
1: There's one thing I realize I still struggle with, and and this goes back to the relationship situation, yeah. <laughs> and it reminds me of my struggles, uh, as it's one of the four agreements don't take things personally. Yes. It's a natural behavior for us to take things personally, because yes. we're somewhat self-centered sometimes. Mm-hmm. And very often it's not about us. Everybody has their own things going on. And again, like everybody thinks about themselves usually more often than other people. And I think what I've been noticing is that I started to take things personally when somebody's, you know, dealing with their own stresses and I'm needing or wanting something. I take it personal. Like, is it, oh, you know, and I, I just think about this in my relationship recently because my boyfriend's dealing with some stuff, stresses or whatever. And I think it has to do with me and that's silly. So I realized I started creating that habit again of thinking, you know, that it's personal and it's completely not. So I think I just need to remind myself that's one of the four agreements. Like you, it's, it's not about taking it so personal. And so that's one of the struggles. The other thing is, you know, oops, sorry. (laughs) And by the way,
0: I have that same struggle and I'm sure so many people listening do. So I appreciate you saying that because guys, we're not all going to be perfect. Like you do this work and you never have a bad thought or you never take things personally. I mean, that's just a human thing to do. But I think Mm -hmm. what you're saying, Erica, is when you know that that's something you want to focus on, you want to be aware of, then you can in those moments remind yourself, no, 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 don't don't take things personally. Hurt people Mm -hmm. hurt people or they're going through their own thing. So, so powerful for you to share that so that people know like we all are still needing to train ourselves on certain things. So go ahead, you were I interrupted you to give you time to put your your things back in. Yeah, right? no.
1: No, thank you. No, I th- I think that's so true is that bringing that awareness back like catching yourself like okay, I'm going into a negative spiral right now and to just pause and I think it's, you know, I think there's a power in the pause like yes. really being intentional, like, okay, I'm going into this negative spiral. Let me stop myself. Like slow your roll, (laughs) you know. It's like you're you're getting into a negative space. So I think it's just catching yourself. I think that's the big thing. You know, sometimes when I think about career wise, sometimes I'll get into the limitations. Oh, I don't have the resources to do this. I want to go here, but how am I going to do it when I, you know? So sometimes I'll get into this money mindset problem of not having the resources to do this certain thing. And so I think it's again being very intentional and bringing awareness like, okay, let's let's think about it. Maybe there's this way. And so I think that's sometimes what I still struggle with at times.
0: And that's so important too, to say, because it's in those moments when we're thinking about what's missing, that we don't have the resources. We're in this scarcity mindset. We're focusing on everything that's missing, everything we don't have, everything we can't control, or so we think but it's in that moment when we shift our focus instead to, but what do I have, you know, what's right. Um, and and it, we put ourselves in this better emotional state because of the direction of our focus. And then suddenly we we become more resourceful, right? Like Absolutely. we then are able to find what we need because we're in a better state where we can actually see the possibilities. So such great reminders, Erica, and I thank you so much for your wisdom, for your heart, for your vulnerability, which I find is the ultimate strength. Um, I just, I love your heart. I love your courage. I love your inspiration. And I know everyone on here is going to want to follow you and continue to learn from you. So how can they do that?
1: Oh, you are so kind. And I absolutely reflect that all back to you. I, so appreciate you. And that's what I really connected to you is your authenticity, your vulnerability, your truth and honesty. And it's just, I celebrate it just as much as you. So thank you for that. Uh, so best way to find me on Instagram. I mostly live there. So at Erica Lippy, it's L-I-P-P-Y and also my website, ericalippy.com, And then my, uh, my podcast, which I would love for you to listen to, which is basically a journey of us all together becoming our best selves so we can live our life more passionately and purposely. And that podcast is Passion, Love, Pursuit.
0: And it's a great one, everybody. So make sure you check that out and listen to thank some you. of these amazing episodes. And I can't wait to read your book. So when that comes up, I will be sharing that because I think everybody needs to get a copy. And Erica, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. And continue to shine your beautiful light in this world. And I thank you for giving us this time to get to know you better and to share this great wisdom that you have. So thank you so much. Uh,
1: Such an honor. I so appreciate you, Siri. You're a beautiful light yourself. And I just thank you for the impact you're making in the world. I know that you are truly, truly impacting millions about now. So (laughs) thank you for you.
0: Well, Thank you so, so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening in today. If you love this podcast, please share it. Leave some comments. Subscribe to not only the Bedhead Chronicles, but also to Passion, Love, and Pursuit. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thank you for listening and sharing this precious time with me. Please remember to subscribe and to leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Siri Lindley, Facebook, Siri Lindley, and Twitter at Celt S-E-L-T-S. You can also reach me via email at info at sirilindley.com. Have an amazing day and shine on.